0: Hello, I'm Sergeant Starr, the virtual guide for GoArmy.com. My training allows me to answer almost any question about what life is like in the U.S. Army. Interacting with me is simple. Just type in your question just as though you were chatting with a live recruiter. Sergeant Starr is the Army's robot.
1: Specifically, he's a chatbot. But unlike some chatbots, he's got a face. If you go to the Army's website, you can see it. He's white, 30-something, and computer-generated. He straddles the uncanny valley between approachable and kind of vacant looking. Like most chatbots, he's there to talk to you about one thing and one thing only. This chatbot wants to talk to you about your service in the U.S. Army. And he doesn't cotton too much to goofing around. We should like try and make him perform for us. Tell him to do some push-ups.
0: Hey, I'm the sergeant here. You <laughs> drop down and give me 20. I can't hear you. Count em. That's pretty good. I'm going to ask him if soldiers are allowed to go poop. I'm here to help answer questions about the Go Army website. Your question isn't appropriate. Do you have another question that I could answer?
1: I found out about Sergeant Starr from Dave Moss. Dave's an investigative researcher with the Electronic Frontier Foundation, and for him, Sergeant Starr was just the latest bot he's formed a relationship with.
2: I think the first bot I encountered was Eliza, and this was a very rudimentary bot that was supposed to function as a therapist. And I remember sitting in front of my computer at college having these long conversations with this bot, trying to fool it, trying to get it to get angry at me. And, you know, it it wouldn't. It would just ask more questions. But there was something about engaging in the middle of the night with this character that fulfilled this, I don't know if it was a loneliness or if it was just a, a need
1: for late night communication. Dave found that even though he knew Eliza was a bot, she managed to simulate, to some degree, human contact. Which is what made the idea of a recruitment bot a little creepy to him. I found it a little unsettling myself. So Dave got curious about how Sergeant Starr works. But asking Sergeant Starr about himself doesn't get you very far. He just pulls rank. Because I said so. And last I checked, I outrank you. So, last November, Dave decided to FOIA the United States Army to learn what makes Sergeant Starr tick.
2: There were several things we asked for. One of the things, primarily, was the input and output scripts. These are all the things that Sergeant Star can recognize, and all the things that he can possibly say back to you. And we asked for that for every year he's been around, so we could compare how he's expanded over the years and how his answers have changed. We also asked for use policies or guidelines for using him. We asked for privacy policies. We asked for all kinds of statistics. Like we wanted to know how many people have used him. We wanted wanted to know how many hours of manpower were saved, anything that they could give us
1: to measure his usage and efficacy. Dave didn't get any response, not even one saying they wouldn't release the information he requested. So while Dave waited for the army to respond by mail, I decided to just give them a call to see if they'd talk. Surprisingly, they were game. If the sound quality is a little funky here, it's because I spoke to a bunch of military officials and contractors who were all huddled over one speakerphone. Thanks so much for uh, helping me to do this. I really appreciate it. Again,
3: it's our pleasure. We're, we're quite proud to, to talk about this innovative tool.
1: To answer some of Dave's questions, Sergeant Starr has a total of 840 answers he can currently give. His answers are analyzed every day, and they're adjusted every month. And the answers he gives change as military policy changes. Although the Army collects every question that's asked of Sergeant Starr, it doesn't collect any personal information of the askers themselves. The Army wasn't willing to divulge proprietary information about how Sergeant Star works, but Colonel Keeter was otherwise pretty forthcoming.
3: Over the last five years, I believe the average is about 500,000 user engagements per year and about 2 million questions are answered per year on average of the past five years. That's estimated to be an equivalent of 55 man years.
1: Cleet Grumley from Next IT, the company that programmed Sergeant Star, told me that when the Army built him, it endlessly focus grouped him. His creators wanted to know what users would most respond to.
4: The original focus group tests were interesting because the Army was going to have several different avatars potentially. And then when they did focus group tests with people in a bunch of different, you know, ethnicities and age groups in different parts of the country, they all basically picked the same avatar and so the Army elected to go ahead and just go with one. The current version is actually built off of a live soldier, and then it's rendered to make it
3: look
1: slightly animated. I should note that they couldn't tell me who that soldier was.
3: I guess four years ago, we had more animation to it. We had him driving in on a Humvee and then stepping out, which was a pretty grand introduction, and then he would you know, ask you if you had a question. And that was to get more to the cool factor. What well, we discovered the feedback was, hey, that's that's too cheesy.
1: Are there certain things that you didn't even know that recruits were interested in finding out until Sergeant Starr started getting those questions?
3: Yeah, the w- one that comes to mind is questions about basic training lifestyle and if you have to shower with other folks.
1: This was the most surprising thing to me about Sergeant Starr, that there were questions that potential recruits couldn't ask a recruiter but felt comfortable asking a chatbot. In fact, there were a lot of questions like this.
4: You know, people have questions sometimes that are more personal that they may not want to ask a recruiter or may not want to appear to be soft or something like that, so like, are there jobs where I wouldn't have to be deployed? But they will ask Sergeant Starr. And people would ask things about what they can bring to basic training, even down to they would ask Sergeant Starr questions about what toiletries should they bring to basic training and things like that. Those are not typically questions you, you may ask another person. Right, but but because people know Sergeant Starr is a computer, they're more willing to ask those types of questions.
1: After talking to the Army, I felt a lot better about Sergeant Starr. There are questions a teenager might have about war that they're too scared to ask a person, but happy to ask a chatbot. Granted, Sergeant Starr is just the first step to recruitment, but as first steps go, it seems like a pretty good one. Still, I wanted to test my assumptions, so I got in touch with an expert.
5: Helen Benedict, professor at the Graduate School of Journalism at Columbia University and the author of Sand Queen and the Lonely Soldier, two books about the Iraq War.
1: In covering the Iraq War, Helen's heard stories of recruiters forging parental permission slips for underage recruits, lying to candidates about where they would end up, sexual assaults and much more. In the early aughts when Helen was reporting on this, the army disclosed a, quote, 60 percent rise in inappropriate actions by recruiters. So when I asked Helen about the idea of Sergeant Starr, I figured she'd be on board. After all, a chatbot doesn't lie, and he doesn't pressure people to go to war so he can meet his quota.
5: It's interesting. I, I think it goes two ways. It certainly takes away the power of an individual recruiter to manipulate a young recruit. And a robot isn't going to sexually assault anyone either, so that's that's, true. that's a, a relief. But on the other hand, I do think that the choice to enlist is absolutely enormous, will change your life forever, if not, you know, end up getting you killed or maimed. And I think some communication with an honest human being is terribly important. Some of the answers that this robot will give, well, all the answers will be the official line, and the official line in the military, in my view, as a result of my research, is not always honest at all. So just because it's official doesn't actually mean it's true Supposing you ask the robot, what are my chances of getting sexually assaulted as a female? Or, I'm gay and now don't ask, don't tell is over, but how is that going to actually affect me if I want to join the military as an openly gay man or an open lesbian? I haven't tested the robot on these questions, but I could predict that the answers will be the official line.
1: Hey, PJ, do you think we could ask Sergeant Starr those questions? So I'm wondering if you could just ask it, What are my chances of getting sexually assaulted in the military?
0: All soldiers are subject to the Uniformed Code of Military Justice and Army regulations which govern behavior and conduct. Commanders have a wide range of administrative and disciplinary measures to address substandard behavior and misconduct. Each case of misconduct or adverse behavior is addressed differently depending on the circumstances. It's a bit of a non-answer, isn't it?
5: Totally, as I predicted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can you ask it about uh, d- about about don't ask, don't tell and bullying? What would your question be if you were to ask it, Helen?
5: I'm a gay man, and I want to enlist as an openly gay man. What are my chances of being treated badly?
0: If otherwise qualified, individuals may join and serve in the army without regard to sexual orientation. That's it. <laughs>
1: Wow. It doesn't give a lot of uh, information about your chances of being bullied, does it?
5: Can we try one more question?
1: Oh, please.
5: What are my chances of getting my legs blown off?
1: Sergeant Stark couldn't quite parse the syntax of that sentence, so we asked him instead what the chances of getting injured are.
0: It's possible you could be injured in any job, not just the Army. The Army prides itself in training of all soldiers to ensure they are prepared for any situation. In the event of injury... Soldiers are treated by some of the best medical professionals in the world on the Army health care team.
5: I would pose the possibility that going to war is slightly more dangerous than, you know, driving a bus or being a teacher. Listen, the truth of the matter is that a live recruiter might well give you the same answers because they represent the military and they have to toe the official line. I think there will be an honest recruiter who could tell you, look, you know, we do have a problem with sexual assault from the military, but we're really working on it, and here are some of the things you can do to protect yourself um, and might actually get further with succeeding in recruiting someone. It turns
1: out that Sergeant Starr is a lot of different things. He's a robot who never sleeps. He's a person you can ask questions that you're scared to ask any other human being at any time. He's also a rigidly bureaucratic, pro army voice that can give oblique answers to questions about your basic safety. He's frustratingly full of contradictions. And strangely, that makes him feel more human.
0: Thanks, I try.
1: TLDR is produced by the Grumble Puss, PJ Vote, and me, Alex Goldman. Our executive producer is Sad Rogers. Our engineer is the defocalizer Jen Munson. Our theme song is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. We had a lot more help this week from Kimbo Skimbo. Just to keep you guys in the loop, it might be a couple weeks before our next episode. But stay tuned. In the meantime, if you'd like to hear more TLDR, or just read our awesome blog, you can go to tldr.onthemedia.org. We tweet at TLDR. We also happen to be TLDR.